Devin Ray Bond was a 16-year-old from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He was a freshman and played football. On March 30, 2017, his girlfriend broke up with him, although Devin didn't tell his family at the time. The next day, they woke up to find Devin gone. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. Gravel crunching beneath their feet. Branches reaching out onto the path like emasculated arms. The moon watching from just above the horizon, peering through scraggly trees. Or maybe you prefer something more urban. A deserted alley with a lone streetlight piercing the night. A series of gunshots in the distance followed by wailing sirens. A hooded figure, almost a shadow, pacing the sidewalk up ahead. What feelings do these scenes manifest in you? Fear? Curiosity? Maybe even exhilaration? Because in the disappearance of Devin Bond, he experienced a mixture of both country and city when he vanished in late March 2017. Yet the day before, things seemed fine. He hung out with his mother and younger brother. He talked with friends and went to bed on time. But the next morning, his family found him missing. And they didn't find out until days later that Devin took a walk in the dark. And now, a summary of the case. Devin Bond was like most teenage boys. He played football. And video games, of course. Wasn't the biggest fan of school, but he was a fan of girls. And on that topic, Devin, in January 2017, began dating Nadia, a girl who went to school with him. Things seemed to be going well. Then the two of them got caught in a lie, and Nadia's parents requested she not continue her relationship with Devin. She broke up with him on March 30, 2017, although Devin didn't tell his family of the breakup. Well, later that night, and into the next morning of March 31st, Devin began his plans to leave and seemingly disappear. Video from a nearby house recorded the backyard light of the Bond's home coming on for 15 minutes, then shutting off at 3.30 a.m. Yet no one is sure what he was doing back there. Devin also stuffed towels and sheets under the blankets of his bed to make it look like he was still sleeping. After that, Devin walked off into the dark, his phone last pinging near an elementary school several miles away. His family woke up the next morning to find Devin gone. He was never seen again. Both the family and police are still unsure of Devin's intentions for leaving, but the following facts are at the forefront of this investigation. Number one, a gun missing from the Bond home that Devin could have taken, although there is no proof of that. Number two, according to phone pings, the roundabout path Devin took to get from his house to the place where his phone stopped working. And number three, the fact that Devin disappeared walking in the direction of and in proximity to Nadia's house, although there is no proof that was Devin's destination or that he ever arrived there. Devin's family remains open to all possibilities, although there has been no solid sighting of him since March 30th.
The guest for this episode is Devin's mother, Heather Bond. Unfound news. Well, I'm still in Pennsylvania, and what a week it was. Temperatures down to below zero, a snowstorm that kind of didn't happen, and icy roads. Yeah, everything I was hoping to avoid by getting back to Florida already. But I'm going back for sure within the next few days. I am really looking forward to it. Next, many of you have joined the Unfound Podcast discussion group on Facebook over the past couple weeks. We now have over 3,600 members there. All I ask is that you keep the discussion adult-like. No name-calling, no swearing, and no needless sarcasm. Discussing theories based on facts is accepted but endless speculation on rumors that haven't been proven is not. And yes, I have the final word on that. Finally, I hope you got your unfound newsletter last Friday. It was a good one, and we've had many people join the list over the last week. I deeply appreciate the interest. If you'd like to be on the list, please contact me privately with your email address. Thanks. Where you can find unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. This week I need to thank Barbara, Anna, Nicole, and Mandy. You can also contribute at PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. The website, unfoundpodcast.com. i got to start updating that, by the way. Merchandise, the books at Amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Don't forget the reviews. Shirts at MyShopify.com. And cards at MakePlayingCards.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Devin Bond, Heather Bond. Heather, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Let's start here. Tell the listeners a little bit about your son, Devin. What do you think the listeners uh, should know about him? Um, you know, Devin is like any other, you know, teenager. Um, he went to school. Uh, he played football for um, his high school. Um, did he particularly like school? Probably not. Mm. Um, but he still, you know, he still went every day. Um, you know, um mm-hmm. He played video games. He liked to listen to music. Um, he hung out with his friends. You know, everything that a typical teenager would do. Yeah. And do you have any other children besides Devin? Um, I do. I have a, a younger son um, that's actually seven years younger than Devin. Wow. Okay. And how kind of uh, older brother do you think Devin was? Did he and his younger brother get along? That's a little bit of an age difference. Um, I mean, I think they they got along sometimes, and sometimes they didn't. I think even with the age gap, you know, they, they still fought. Um, mm-hmm. But you would still catch up moments where they'd hug each other and then go back to fighting. But, um, they, I mean, they were just, you know, typical siblings. Okay. All right. And you said that uh, Devin played some sports, played football. I have to admit I'm a little surprised by that. He he looked, no offense, he looked a little skinny to play football. Was it like a wide receiver, or what did he do? Um, he actually played on the line. Um, <laughs> you know, he wasn't, there were definitely kids that were bigger than him. Um, it was, you know, something he enjoyed doing. Um, uh-huh. 
he liked, you know, he liked playing football. Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say he was, you know, exceptional at it, but he did enjoy doing it. Okay. And in school, would you say that he managed to stay out of trouble? Just uh, any well, ever get uh, suspended to school, out of school detention, or anything like that? No, I mean he was pretty, you know, never really got in trouble. I mean there might have been a few times where, you know, they kids would do, you know, say something they weren't supposed to, but I mm -hmm. mean that was very seldom. Um, I can probably you know, count on one hand since he started school that he's gotten in trouble at school. Okay. Um, he's never been suspended or anything like that. No. And do you ever think that he ever suffered from any bullying or any any times that he felt like you you might be picked on or anything like that? Being on the football team, I would think not, but I, I have to ask. No, I mean, I don't think – I don't think he was bullied every single day he went to school. Um, I think maybe – there was probably times and you know, while he was going to school or somebody would say something, you know, mm -hmm. um, like, you know, sometimes about he, you know, had acne on his face. Somebody mm -hmm. might say something about that and he'd be self-conscious about it, but yeah. I don't feel like it was something that happened every day, all day at school. And that sounds pretty you know, typical for teenagers, yeah. teenagers. We all go through something like that. So. Right. Right. How was he doing at the, at, at the time? Uh, we should be clear what well, he was a junior in high school. Junior? He's actually a freshman um, in high freshman. school. Freshman. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he had just um, turned 16. Right. Um, so, and he actually repeated kindergarten twice. So that's okay. why there's a little bit of a, he's a little bit older for a freshman, but. Um, right. But yeah, he would have been. A freshman in high school. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. He would have been for 16 as a freshman. Okay. And how was he doing? I mean, once he disappeared, maybe you, uh, maybe I just put it this way, maybe if he'd been telling you he was doing well in school and he wasn't, I mean, how was he doing in school uh, at the time that he disappeared on March 30th, 2017? Um, I mean, I felt like it was pretty much on par with what, how his, you know, his academic career had been. Um, was he a straight A student? No, but he never was. Um, you know, sometimes boys, you know, don't want to do their homework or things like that. And so that was, you know, an issue, but it wasn't a new issue. It was an issue that we always, you know, kind of dealt with when it came to him about doing homework. You always have to remind him and, you know, stay on top of him for, to make sure he did it and stuff like that. Okay. But I mean, I would say that it was, you know, pretty much how it had been for the past few years. Okay. And we should remember that, uh, of course, Devin also has a, has a father, uh, your husband. Um, how did you all get along? How are things going, family life? Um, you know, I felt pretty good about it. Um, you know, we we kind of had a different kind of family life because we kind of worked – our schedules kind of worked around our children's lives. You know, yeah. I actually work during the day, and um, Devin's dad works at night. So somebody was always at home so that we could, mm. you know, make sure that he was able to play football and, you know, someone was always there to, you know, be with the kids when they got home or, you know, whatever right. that was. Right. So, yeah, and that's, I felt like it was pretty good. Okay, good. And that's going to play a role here when we once, once we get into the actual uh, day of his disappearance. Now, something you did tell me uh, that came up, I wouldn't say very long before he disappeared was – 
some kind of argument that he had uh, with an adult. Maybe you can explain to the listeners uh, what went on with that. Um, um, soon after he disappeared, um, I pulled up his phone records and I actually contacted everyone that he had called in the past month. Hmm. Um, and one of the per- people that answered, um, was an adult man. Um, and he started telling me a story about how the Devin's friend from down the street had gotten into an argument with his son and Devin kind of came in with the argument and he told me that they were calling his son, um, I guess, kind of arguing with him and things like mm-hmm. that. And he got involved. So that was why his phone number was in Devin's phone is because they had a conversation um, about the, the argument and things like that. And he said that they were, you know, just fighting and things over the phone about what had gone on between Devin and his friend down the street concerning his son. Have you ever had a chance to talk to this adult in person uh, since, uh, you know, April of 2017? I haven't, no. Um, He's contacted me two times after that. Mm -hmm. Um, He sent a text message, um, but that would be the only time I've ever actually spoken to him is through the phone. Okay. Can you give in general what this uh let me put it this way were you surprised to hear this about devin got in this argument with this other kid Um, i mean did that was that a surprise to you absolutely um it didn't sound what i was more surprised about is he got into an argument with an adult um that didn't sound like devin Mm -hmm. um because the man said that he was you know yelling at him and you know threatening him and things like that and i was like that doesn't sound anything like devin Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an odd conversation. It just like everything he described that said that Devin had said over the phone didn't sound like Devin. Okay. But we really only have this guy's word, uh, to go yeah. on this car. There's no recordings of this conversation, for example. No. And then also just and on a note of that, the boy down the street never mentioned that to the detectives that happened. And it was, you know, it was like three weeks before he went missing. So I would have mm. thought that would have been important information that he would have brought up. Did you ever have a chance to talk to any of Devin's friends about this circumstance, about why this actually happened, if it seems like outside of Devin's character? Um, I have, and they've actually helped search for him and everything. Mm. Um, we've what asked, did they say? You know, did they say ever... that Devin had a... Did they have a right to be ticked off at this other kid, or was this something maybe they got out of hand? What do you think? They didn't act like it was a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. They didn't just said it was kind of just like an argument. Um, mm-hmm. The person on the phone made it sound a lot, you know, bigger than what they made it sound. Um, I don't know if they were just trying not to get in trouble, or if the guy was exaggerating. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Um, but they didn't act like it was a big deal. Okay. What was the core of the argument here? Just, just um, who's trying to be toughest, yeah, no or ever, was it? Please. No one's actually ever really said what it was about. Um, you hmm. know, I know I don't I don't know a hundred percent what it was about. Okay. All right. So we'll have to uh, listeners will have to gauge that as we move forward. Um, but, uh, being that you found out about this after Devin disappeared, do you think the police went and talked to this adult? Did they? Um, 
I do, yes. And they did. Um, I don't, yeah. Um, especially after he kept contacting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, they kind of, I think that was when they went and talked to him again. Um, because it was more along the lines of, you know, he was wanting just to know information about if we had any tips, things like that. Um, and it kind of said, you know, I was like, that's kind of, you know, I don't know this person and they're asking personal information. I just felt more comfortable if they went and talked to them personally. So they, they okay. did. All right. So we'll, we'll come back to this uh, later in our conversation. Let's move on to this. Uh, Devin did have a girlfriend. Um, we're just going to use her first name. Her name was, her name is Nadia. Uh, how did they meet? Did they go to high school together? Um, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, they met in high um, in high school. Um, I believe they had mutual friends. Was how they were introduced, um, mm-hmm. and so that's you know they pretty much started their relationship at school. Okay, and how long were they going out? Um, and we're, this is of course going to be a topic conversation. But how long were they a couple? Um, a few months, not long. Maybe let's say three months. I wouldn't even say that. I would say probably two and a half. It really wasn't Good. that long. All right. So it started maybe sometime in January of 2017. Yes. Okay. How did you, how did they, uh, they make a good couple? Did you get to meet her? Um, I know that, of course, uh, she didn't disappear. She's still um, in the public sphere. How did you feel about her, those two being a couple? Um, when I, um, I was fine with it. When I met her, I thought she was very sweet. Um, she was shy around us. Um, she didn't talk a lot, but, um, you know, when she did talk, she was, you know, respectful and nice and we liked her, you know, our first initial. Yeah. Okay, good. Now we should know the listeners should know though, that you found once again, afterwards that, um, she and Devin broke up actually, the evening that he disappeared. Um, please explain why the breakup happened as you understand it, what you've been able to learn out of it. And first of all, how did you find out that they broke up? Um, well, I found out that they broke up because obviously I contacted her to see if she had seen Devin. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told me no. Um, and I, you know, asked her, you know, like, do you know where he would be? And she's like, no. She's like, um, she said, we, we kind of broke up and I was like, and I, next thing I asked, was he upset? Because that's r- immediately where I went. I was like, okay, they broke up. Was he upset? Is that the reason why he left? And she was, and she just answered with kind of, and, um, mm-hmm. so at that point, I think I ended up talking to the mother, um, and she kind of explained what had happened, how this came about, um, a month prior um, was my younger son's birthday. Um, since he's so young, you know, so much younger than Devin, he won't, he still likes, you know, to go play games and things like that. So we were having a birthday party. Um, I'll, you know, of course, I was making Devin go, but to make it, you know, less like torture, I had told him he could invite friends um, with to, to go to that, to, to go to my younger son's birthday party. Um, so that he wouldn't, you know, be bored and he'd have someone to talk to. Um, so he actually invited the girlfriend, his friend, and and her and his girlfriend. Um, 
uh, to my younger son's uh, party. Okay. Um, so they, you know, they ate, they played games, and after a little while, they asked if they could go walk around, and I was like, yeah, I'll just answer your phone, because that's when we're ready to go. You know, I'll be able to call you. Um, and then we were getting ready to go, and Devin asked me if they could go to the movies. And I was like, well, is that okay with her mom, uh, Nadia's mother? And he, and he was like, yeah, we already talked to her. It's okay. Um, so I dropped him off at the movies. Um, they were going to call me when the movie was over, and then I was going to take her home. Um, all that happened. Um, when we dropped her off, Devin walked her to the door, came back, and we went home. Um, I received a text a few days later from Devin saying that Nadia's mother wanted, wanted me to call her. And then I, I immediately was like, well, what happened? And he was like, well, we kind of lied. And I was like, well, we'll just talk about it when I get home. Mm. Um, so when I got home, he told me that she really didn't have permission to go to the movies um, and that her mom was upset about that. So I go ahead and call Nadia's mother, and she we, we started talking about it, and she said that, you know, she knew that they were kissing in the movies and, and that she didn't have permission to do that. She only had permission to go to the birthday party. Um, and then she told me that Nadia's father, who was in a different state, um, was extremely upset and actually wanted to talk to Devin about what had happened. Um, but the mom said that she had calmed him down and took care of it um, and that, you know, that she would handle the situation. And at the end of the conversation, we just agreed that they shouldn't spend any time you know, alone for a while, mm-hmm. um, but maybe they should just see each other at school. Okay. All right. But then something happened that she, that didn't, the breakup didn't happen at the time that her mother found out. The breakup happened that evening of March 30th when it seems her father kind of put pressure on her to do that. Yes. Um, because that week was spring break. Um, and Devin had told me that she was going to spend the week with her dad in in West in Wisconsin, um, so that he kind of the mother ended up telling me that the dad told her to break up with Evan. Pretty much, you know, when he was when she was with him during their visit, that because he was still upset from that event, event that happened a month prior. So and he so was still thinking about this a month up. later. Yes, correct. Okay, all right. So she goes up and see to see him, and we have to remember March thirtieth, or March, um, yeah, March thirtieth was what day of the week? A Thursday, I believe it was. Yes, correct. All right, and so she had been up there in Wisconsin. Yes. With her father for like five days uh, already. She went up there for for this break, and then it was on that particular day that she finally decided that. Uh, she was going to break up with Devin. It wasn't immediately when she went up to Wisconsin and saw her father. It took a few days for this to happen. Yes. And even the mother told me, yes. And even the mother told me on the phone that, you know, once she got back, she would have, you know, fixed everything. Like she said that it, like he shouldn't, you know, it was kind of a, like it would have been fixed after she got back home. Okay. So. All right. So this might've been something where it was just a, um, just a short break, and then once she got and she, uh, it sounds to me like Nadia was in the care of her mother anyway. Uh, that yes, 
that it doesn't seem that the mother she was just upset that there the lying some lying went on. She wasn't necessarily uh, didn't like Devin. She probably thought Devin was just fine. It's just kids. We're going to be kids. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. So we'll come back to that in a little bit. I uh, just need to set these things up for the listeners. Uh, last thing I have to ask you. Um, first of all, you didn't even know this this breakup happened until after. But otherwise, uh, did your son ever suffer from any depression? Any issues at all that would you would ever have thought that he could hurt himself or he might just run off anything at all? No, I'm, I was completely shocked. Um, he never just, you know, there, I never noticed any signs of depression. I never noticed any, like I would, this was the last thing I would have ever thought he, he would ever do is, you know, to, you know, to leave in the middle of the night at our house. I never imagined that happening. Okay. All right. And we will, uh, of course, uh, once again, as I've said a few times already, we'll come back to that. So let's go to that day and evening of March 30th, 2017. Now, to remind the listeners something you just said, this is the day that Nadia talked to Devin and she broke up with him. But what went on that day from your point of view, uh, as far as you, maybe your younger son, Devin, what went on uh, that particular day as you remember it? Um, I worked that day. Um, uh, I actually got off a little bit later than I normally did. So I I picked up food and brought it home. Um, They're always excited when I bring food home and I don't cook. (laughs) Um, Okay. they were excited about that, and they grabbed their food, and we ate. Um, you know, I got my younger son ready, you know, started to get him ready for bed. I got, you know, give it, make sure he got into the bath and got into the bed at a decent time. Um, and we just sit around and watch TV. I mean, we really, it was just a regular, you know, work, work, you know, day in the week. Mm-hmm. And so at some point during that evening, Devin was separated from you, maybe in his room with the door shut, and that's when he, you believe this conversation with Nadia took place? Um, yeah, because he would often go in his room. Um, you know, he'd play video games for a little while, and he'd come out and, you know, ask something or say something or go get something in the kitchen, which he did several times that night. Um, so, yeah, I believe it happened sometime when he was in his room because – I never, you know, saw him on the phone or anything like that. Okay. And you didn't notice any change in his demeanor. She said that he was kind of upset about it, which I think any guy would be um, if he wanted to continue the relationship, whether you're a freshman or, you know, a full-grown adult. Um, But you didn't notice any change in his demeanor that evening. No. um, Like I said, he came out of his room. Um, He actually went and got – something else to eat and you know we were talking about you know because he kept he kept going in and out of the kitchen and getting food and I you know I said because they're on spring break they already eat you out of house and home and I was like like how much are you going to eat tonight you know <laughs> you know that kind of conversation yeah and um he's like I'm still hungry and I'm like okay um you know so it was like a normal you know that's every day so, no, I didn't notice anything different. Okay. And you said that uh, Devin's father, your husband, was at work. Yes. 
Okay. And um, what was his work hours for that day? Um, his work hours were he, he left the house around nine and then he would get home anywhere between he would leave work anywhere between five forty five and six. All right, nine in the evening. Yes. Nine right, PM and then mm -hmm. he would work till the next morning. Yes. Okay. All right, so he's not there. Maybe what time does he usually leave for work? Would you say? Oh, he leaves at nine. He leaves so, at nine. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so most of the day, you come home, then maybe you and your uh, husband are there for together for a little while. Then he goes to work, and it's just you, Devin, and your younger son. Yeah. For yes, correct. Okay. okay. All right. So we have that set up. Do you have any? Um, do you remember if? Devin that day or maybe a couple of days before that ever told you what he was going to be planning to do the next day. Now we know he disappeared, but did he ever say, well, I'm going to go meet my friend tomorrow. Did he have any plans in those next few days that you remember? Not that I remember. Um, you know, he normally what he would do on spring break is he would sleep all day and then he would, you know, we'd see him in the afternoon and then you know, he would, he never really had a plan. He he may have something he was going to do over the weekend, but he hadn't discussed it yet. Okay. Okay. So he had no set plans for the next day, which would have been Friday. Even if it is spring break, it's a, it's going to be a Friday, maybe Friday night. I realized that he's just a freshman, 16 years old, but even on spring break, you know, that could be a big day for, you know, kids to hang out, but you don't remember him having any set plans for that next day. No. Um, and that was pretty normal. He would, you know, be kind of like last minute going in there asking if he could do something. So, I mean, he never really planned anything out in advance where he would tell me like, Hey, I'm going to do this or what, you know, he just kind of just come up with it and decide to do it kind of last minute. Okay. So we get to the next day. So everybody goes to bed. Devin goes to bed. Your youngest son goes to bed. You go to bed. When, mm -hmm. who was it? When was it that you discovered that Devin uh, wasn't in his bed? Um, well, we, I went to work. Um, my husband got home um, and I actually went to work. Um, and I think Around ten ten thirty, um, he actually sent my younger son into the room um, to wake Devin up, and he came. Um, my younger son came out and told my husband that he's not in there. And my husband walked in there and looked in his bed and noticed that there was towels and sheets make to make it appear that Devin was in bed. Huh. Um, and so that's when he called me, and it was like I said, it was about ten thirty eleven. And told me, and he just said that Devin was missing, and I was like, "Well, he's probably down the street or something, um, at his friend's house." Um, so I left work and went to his friend's house to see if he was there, and um, and then um, I started calling friends to see um, if he was there, and then I went home, and that's kind of when I learned about the sheets and the the towels and everything, and. Uh, it just didn't make any sense to me that he would do that. Okay. How long do you think uh, it would have taken him to set this up? Where, where, where would these towels and sheets and things have been? Were they in a bathroom or in a like a, 
hallway closet? Where would they have been? I mean, they would have been both. Um, and they, it was actually right by his room. So, I mean, it was something that could have been grabbed really easy. Okay. And so it would have taken him maybe at least a few minutes to gather those things up and, yeah. you know, make it look like, uh, you know, a 16-year-old kid was under the covers when he really wasn't. Yeah, they wouldn't take no time at all. Okay, no time at all. And so you get home. Uh, what When you called your, his friends, and what did they say? Any help um, at all? They no, nobody. Everybody, um, no one had seen him. Um, they said that they would call some other friends of theirs and ask, mm-hmm. um, but no one had heard from him. Okay. And he had never, I'm going to just take for granted, he had never done this before? No, he had never done this. Never, I guess, never. You know, when I think of it, of course, I think like a movie like Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he does the same thing, makes it look like he's in bed when he's not. Uh, Devin had never done that something like that ever before. No, never. Okay. So we, so you come home. So now it's you, your husband, uh, your your younger son are all there trying to figure out uh, what exactly is going on here. Did you notice anything missing at that point? Um, the only thing we noticed missing at that point was his phone. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't notice anything else missing. Okay. Anything look out of sorts? Anything broken? No uh, note? No, any, like, no note? Nothing? No, there was no note. There was – his room looked exactly like it always looked, except for he made it look like he was in bed. Um, did you call the police? Um, we did. Um, I remember us having probably like a 10-minute conversation because we were, you know, it's kind of a, a surreal moment when you're like, well, should we call the police? Because we were like, this is so weird. You know, when we thought at first, we just thought he's, you know, maybe he's just with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did, so we, but we did decide to call the police because we really didn't know anywhere to look. Um, and so we decided to call the police. Um, I stayed on the phone with dispatch until an officer got there. Um, once the officer got there, we started to make um, the police report for Devin being missing. Okay. And so you looked around the house. Uh, you'd mentioned food earlier. Did you notice like anything in the refrigerator that was missing? If he took off, did he take any food with him? Um. I didn't notice that at first. Um, I didn't notice anything as far as food or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, probably when we started discovering things that were missing is um, we called family um, to come help us look for Devin. Um, and they started making the suggestion, you know, look, you know, make sure you have all your credit cards. Um, make sure we don't have any guns missing in our house, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when my husband discovered that a uh, handgun was missing um, from our closet. A handgun was missing from your closet. You you noticed that within that first, like, 12 hours of him going missing? Um, We noticed that within probably, like, the first, um, probably the first three hours. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, and I want to come back to the to the gun, and obviously that is a a very very uh, big deal there uh, regarding that. Yes. Um, did you determine how he left the house? Um, front door, back door, was it all your doors locked? Do you remember? Um, 
We discovered that probably how he left the house probably about a week late after he went missing. Uh Um, We have a neighbor across the street that has security cameras around their house. Um, How their house is situated, one of their cameras actually faces our house and actually goes right to our front door. Um, So the... The police walked around the whole neighborhood trying to, you know, see if they had anything. And uh, we found out that they had that video. And what their video showed is that around 3.30 in the morning, um, the back lights, floodlights of our house um, that have to be manually turned on um, were turned on for 15 minutes and then turned off. And nobody ever went out the front door. Huh. Did you even know that your neighbors had that video, those that video system? Um, I knew they probably had something like that. I didn't realize that it pointed at our house. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I'm I'm glad it. I'm glad they did now, um, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, yeah, I thought maybe you was pointing more around their house, sure, not our house. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we have to understand this is a little bit. It's certainly not in town uh i've seen your you don't live there anymore right correct correct yes all right you live in a different house now but i've looked at the house that you lived in at the time i would say it's a little bit rural you live like on a dead end with a cul-de-sac uh and so you were a little surprised and so you weren't exactly sure that your neighbors had this camera system um you have break-ins in that area is it no, um, I think they're just those type of people that like to know what's going around, going on around their house. Okay. Um, we didn't have break-ins or any kind of issues. I mean, we live, some would consider to be kind of a, you know, out, we live outside the city limits kind of mm. country. Okay. Do you think Devin knew that your neighbors had that uh, video I system think, and the camera was pointing at your house? I think it's definitely possible that he knew that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because kids might be taking interest in, you know, technological stuff, you know, might have, maybe Devin yeah, was over near there one day and just figured that out. Yeah, and I mean, he's lived there almost his whole life, so he knows the neighbors. They may have even told him. Um, you know, everyone kind of knew everybody in our neighborhood, around our cul-de-sac at least. Okay. So I'm sure they definitely probably mentioned it and they might have heard it or, you know, I think that's definitely possible. Okay. And just to be, just like you said before, the video does not show Devin leaving your house. It does not, no. Okay. Any um so are you, does that mean he probably went out the back door then and evaded I mean, the yeah, video sometime? Yeah, I mean it's, all we have is the front and the back doors. He had to have left the back through the back door. Okay. Um which means that he would have had to jump a fence to get to a main road. Okay. Any reason that you could find, once you see them, once again, we have to remind the listeners, you didn't find this w- this video till like a week later, and I want to talk about that week in a second, but when you found that video, did you go out there, anything, I mean, I know it's a week later, but anything that seemed to be missing, anything, anything back there that showed that Devin was back there at all? Um, we actually looked pretty early on back there, because um, there is like a tree line that goes in the back of our house. Um, So we checked that, and there's a shed back in our backyard. Um, So we did check that, and we looked around to see if anything appeared to be missing or anything like that, and we couldn't see anything that we we knew that was missing. 
Okay, and we have to remember 15 minutes. That's a long time. Uh, if he was yeah. out there doing something, he could have gone quite a ways and then come back. Yeah, you know, in the, you know, a round trip, you know, seven minutes one way, eight minutes back, or something. However, you want to break it down, he could have gone through several yards in that time. You know, before yeah. coming back and right. shutting the light off. Have you seen the video yourself, though? I haven't. No, um, they. I've had it described to me by our neighbors and the detective working Devin's case. Um, they both said the same story. I just, I never asked to see it. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't really think of anything, you know, besides a light being turned on for 15 minutes. I didn't think there was anything that I could see hmm. from that, I guess. Okay. And it was the police that originally discovered this video, not you or your husband. Um, I think maybe the neighbors discovered it and made and called the police. Um, they we didn't know about it until he actually came and picked it up. Mm-hmm. And since he was in the neighborhood, he stopped at our house and told us they had a video of our house that night. Huh. I have to admit that's a little. Once again, I've done over a hundred cases, uh, Heather, and I'm I'm very surprised that when your your neighbor found out that. Devin was missing. That we'll have this video. Go check it. And I'm surprised when he went to that point. If he fast forward, he could do it very fast to go through that night. And when he found those lights coming on, he just didn't call you over and show it to you first. That he got the police involved right away. Um, you know, I kind of think maybe it's because we weren't home. We were out searching for Devin. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I never thought of it that way. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Okay. I just didn't find out until the detective told me. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that. And the listeners, I'm sure are going to think about that too. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, and, and also maybe on that video, um, once again, since you haven't seen it, that's all you know about the video. I, I could ask you about suspicious vehicles or something, but you wouldn't know about that anyway. Cause you haven't seen it. Nobody's told you anything. No, and I don't think they saw they. I mean, I remember them saying nothing happened on that road during that time. There was no cars, nothing. Okay, let's go back to those to that week uh, before you discovered the video. Uh, did you call uh, Devin's girlfriends? Ask her. Um, I did. Uh, okay. I did call her the that day that he went missing, and after that, I kind of just talked to her mom about what was going on. Um, she gave us permission on Saturday because she wasn't in town um, that day to actually go into their apartment and look to see if Devin was there. And we have to remember that the girl, the ex-girlfriend, I guess by this time, Nadia was not even in Tennessee, allegedly. She was at her father's yes. in Wisconsin. So her mother was at home by herself or um, she was home on that Friday, and then, from what I understand, she was leaving that Friday night to go pick the kids up and bring them back to Tennessee. Okay, and so Nadia has maybe a brother or sister too. Yeah, she has a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay, so there's three kids, and you, your understanding is that they were all in Wisconsin seeing their father. Yes, that's at, what I was told. Yeah, at the time that Devin disappeared. Okay. Um, and so you did, you said that you went and searched the backyard before you even, uh, this video even popped up. Did you organize any searches, uh, anything like that? 
yeah, we organized the search the very first day. Um, you know, after we discovered the breakup and the gun, um, we immediately started searching around our house. Um, mm-hmm. We have some, you know, wooded areas and stuff in our house, and we had family and friends come over to help search. Um, you know, we kind of had to. I kind of thought at the time, I was like, well, we shouldn't be searching. The police should be searching. And so we had people on the phone trying to convince them to start searching for Devin around our house. And, you know, we searched for a little while. And finally, the police did show up and started to help with that search around our house. Okay. And nothing of Devin's was found. Nothing suspicious was found. No. um, They actually brought out... um, a scent dog. I don't know what the the correct term is, but they took a piece of clothing from Devin's room, a, a piece of dirty clothing, um, and then the, the, they had the dog track where he may have went. Um, it's interesting enough, it didn't track him coming from out the back. It tracked him from coming out our front, and it it started going towards an opposite direction when they tracked him. Um, which could have been a place that he would have walked the day before, you know, the, you know, right. when he went missing, he might've walked to the store with his friend or something. Um, so I feel like they, they caught it his scent, but they might've caught a different scent than the actual one where he left out the back door. Okay. Okay. At that point, you know, you're a few days in, uh, I'm sure you're worried sick and you are to this day. Did you have any theories? You, and, of course, your husband, just, you know, between yourselves, just between the two of you, if you can say any theories at all about what happened. Um, well, I mean, from what we learned the first day, we thought we were looking for a body. We thought we he harmed himself. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we focused our search where he could be alive, but everything we searched for was more searching for his body. Um, Because we felt like with what we knew, that was where we went. You know, that was our first thought. Right. Okay. Um, Things missing besides Devin. uh, And we're going to talk about his cell phone, which is some very interesting information there. But so he, his cell phone, uh, were you able to determine anything else like a, a backpack? Any clothes, shoes, anything like that? As you were, as being his mother and washing his clothes and everything, were you able to determine anything yeah. else that was missing? Um, I wasn't able to determine anything missing till about almost two weeks because they told us to stay out of his room until they had a chance to go through everything. They didn't want us to touch anything. Um, so after I was able, to, after they searched, I was able to go in there. And I was able to see that um, a jacket that he wore all the time was missing, um, a, a black draw, drawstring backpack, and I know that pants are missing from his room. Okay, so those um, could have been the things that he was wearing. A jacket uh, late March in Tennessee would certainly make sense. Long pants, yeah. which certainly makes sense. Do you know what kind of shoes he was wearing when he, when he disappeared? Um, he was actually wearing some brown boots. Brown boots. So – could yeah. go off in the woods in boots. He wouldn't have to necessarily stay on the pavement. Sounds to yes, me like he, he dressed for the elements. And how cold was it that night? It was pretty cold. Um, I would say around 30 degrees, which is cold for here. Okay. 
All right. So those are, and of course, on top of that, uh, his cell phone. What happened in that time? I'm sure you tried to call him. What would happen when you tried to call him after you discovered he was missing? Would it go straight to voicemail? Would it ring? What would it do? It went straight to voicemail. Straight to voicemail. Okay. Yes. Now you eventually, and this is um, part of this is a little bit confusing. I don't know what we're going to make of this, but um, you eventually, though, did get his cell phone records. You got his cell phone pings. Um, what did the, the the pinging? What did it show? Um, well, they were able to tell by they took the ping. His phone pinged off of several towers, and so they were able to determine kind of what direction he was walking, mm-hmm. and kind of what row he was walking on by which tower his phone was pinging on. Um, up to a certain point till his phone turned off. Okay, so they were the and so they were pretty sure that the the pattern that they were u- able to use from the pings uh, showed him walking along uh, some major streets in your area. He wasn't like going through backyards or going through the woods or anything like that, as far as they think. I don't think that oh, I'm not for sure if they're able to determine that, but I think mm-hmm. they kind of determined that he took a back road. He mm-hmm. took like a long way around to get to a street in our town called Church Street. Um, so he he walked like they just determined that he walked that area, and it is a wooded area, so we would have to assume that he probably stayed close to the road. Um, it's not probably something that he could have walked through the woods at night. Okay. Do you know if he took his phone charger with him? Um, he did not. No, that was still plugged in his wall at home. This pigging showed that he was walking, and what? And so he went a roundabout path, and we'll get to that in a second if everybody can hang on. And um, where was the last ping uh, before his phone shut off? Um, the last ping was on a road called Barfield Crescent Road. Um, it was close to some horse stables that were that are on that road. Um that was a lot and I think that was around five thirty that morning. Five thirty AM. Yes, that his phone pinged. Okay. And are you we uh, are they able to determine if the phone like the battery went dead or if he shut it off? Um they they did not they don't know if he turned it off or if the phone battery died. Um, or if he threw it, you, they don't know. Okay. In that time, being that you got to see his records, did he communicate with anybody? Any texts, any phone calls from the – I mean, we really don't know the time that he, he left your house, but let's just say from midnight until the phone went off, any any action on his phone at all? The only thing that showed on his phone, there was no text, no calls, um, but the only thing that showed was um, data being used on his phone during that period. Okay. And did he have like a Facebook account or Instagram? Did he post anything on any of anything during that time? Any be able to determine anything that he actually did on his phone? No. Um, he didn't have a Facebook. Um, he had an Instagram um but he actually deleted – he didn't have a lot on it. He wasn't really big on social media. Okay. And I think his friend told me that he had a few things that he posted on there maybe that week or something that he deleted off of his Instagram. Um, he has a Twitter account, um, 
everything that he, you know, tweeted was still on there, but there was no, and there's actually activity on the 30th where he tweeted something, but nothing after the 30th. Okay. So, but he was using data, so, but that could mean that Mm -hmm. the phone itself was just communicating, but that doesn't mean he was actually using the phone. You know, the phone is on, Um, it's on his, in his pocket, but that's it. Yes, and he also used an app that how all their they, instead of them texting, they use this app to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that could have been something else he was doing, um, but yeah, he was doing something on his phone. And but you've not been able to figure out what that is. No, never. In almost, unfortunately, almost two years now, coming up in March. No, I mean, they, you know, I think there's some information of him using that app that night or that uh-huh. morning, but there's nothing that we were able, that they were able to get, you know, from the records that would show what he was doing on his phone. Okay. And no. since then, since March 30th, uh, 2017, have, have any of his friends come forward to say, yeah, I talked to Devin that night? Like yeah. late, like um, one in the morning, let's say, two in the morning, three in the morning. Um, yes, there is, um, there's actually two friends that I know of, three friends, actually, that I'll talk to him late that night. Um, one of them actually fell asleep and don't remember when they were talking. And so he, it was late at night, but he fell asleep. And so he stopped talking to Devin. And then he actually had another friend, um, that he was communicating with talking about the breakup with her okay and how did this friend did you ever see uh copies of these conversations and how did these friends say Devin sounded um all his friends except for the one friend said he had to totally normal um the girl that he contacted that night said that she knew he was upset because he only he only sent her messages when he was upset i guess that was just his person that he went to to talk through things that he didn't want to talk to other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, you know, talking about how sad he was. Um, you know, I could mm-hmm. tell from the text that he was upset. Okay. So you got to see these messages? Yes, I did. Okay, good. All right. So that's kind of where his mind was late mm-hmm. on March 30th, 2017. Yes. Not in a very good place, but not, I would say, it doesn't sound to me like in a very unusual place. I think that's the way anybody would handle that, especially if they like the person that was breaking up with them. Yes, correct. Okay. So um, we have these pings that show I'm going in this roundabout direction, and and we're going to get – and I will, of course, be posting a – well, by this time, uh, people will know that I will have posted a map. Uh, on both the Facebook page and the Unfound Discussion Group page, um, so people can understand what you're talking about this roundabout path. Because what we're going to talk about next is there is another video that I think the police believe is Devin. Why don't you explain that? Um, sometime after his last pain on his phone. They kind of mapped it out for how long it would take him to walk to a certain area and started pulling local businesses' tapes for that if they had video. They would start pulling that and looking at the tape to see 
if they could determine anywhere where Devin went. Mm-hmm. Um, around seven something in that morning, they have a video of a person walking past Farfield Elementary School. Um, they believe that that could definitely be Devin walking by that at that time. Okay. Once again, syncing it up with the pings that we've already talked about. Correct. Yes. All right. So that's how they even thought to look at that school. Maybe without those pings, they wouldn't have even looked there. So they went to the cameras. It shows Devin walking. Have you ever seen this video? I haven't. Um, he did tell me that it was very grainy and it wasn't a very good video. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was somebody walking. Um, I mean, obviously, it could have been another person walking, but he said that it did match up to how long it would take him to walk from where we know where Devin was at one at you know five thirty right. to that point. Right. Okay. So we're it maybe logically kind of makes sense, but there's no way to ever be able to determine if that's Devin on there or not. Correct. He said there's no way to determine who it was because the video was so bad. Okay. You can see pretty much a person walking. Okay, and and I you know in this area where this elementary school is, there are other buildings there. I uh, you know he's getting to a major street, and that is the last video sighting of Devin. That's if we're correct. to believe, yes. if we're to believe that's him. Yes. Okay, so I, I'm guessing police checked other video, and he's just not on there. Correct. Um, what I believe is that he was actually walking into. It showed him walking into a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would be less video in a neighborhood to, to for them to look at. Hmm. Do you know uh, if uh, anybody he knew anybody in that neighborhood that you're talking about? Um, not that neighborhood, but right by the neighborhood is where Nadia lived. Oh. Okay, and we'll we'll talk about that. It's going to leave the listeners thinking there for a little bit. We'll talk we'll talk about that. All right, so they have this video of the elementary school. Uh, it's logical to think that they, it might be Devin, but we, we don't know for sure. Um, that's how the police found it, using the pings of the phone. And uh, if I may for a second just talk to the listeners, you know, you have to understand is that the school from where you lived is kind of in a northeast direction. And to get there, uh, to get there the simple way is that he would have walked around, got up to this parkway, and then walked virtually directly east to the school if he was doing it the easy way. But what the phone ping showed is that he took this very roundabout way where he went south first, went way around almost kind of almost doubling the distance uh, that he had to walk if that is him at the elementary school. Would you say that's accurate? That's correct, yes. That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk about that. Why you have a suspicion if that is him, and those pings are correct. There's no reason to think that they aren't. Um, you have a suspicion why you think he might have walked that way, that long roundabout way. Why do you think? Because the time matches up to about when my husband would have been coming home from work, and he actually worked at that time off of Church Street, and would have been going down the more direct route to our house that would have made more sense for Devin to walk than going all the way around. Okay. So what you're seeing there is not him just kind of um, 
you know, recklessly strolling around and mindlessly or anything, that there could have been a plan behind him doing it the way he did. Yeah, he could yeah. have been trying to avoid being seen by his father. Okay. And we already know that he planned out putting the towels and sheets in his bed, so this was something that that he it seems like he thought it out. This was not some spur of the moment uh type of thing. Um so, and but is there a sighting, uh, not a video sighting, but was there possibly a sighting of him by somebody driving on one of those streets that morning? Um, on Barfield Crescent Road, um, a woman was driving to work, um, and she noticed a young, you know, she said a younger man walking, and it, because of the time of the day, she thought that was, because this is like a back road, so she thought, that's really, you know, odd for someone to be walking this road at this time of night, mm-hmm. and she actually took her phone and marked it, the spot where she saw him. Because she wanted to remember where she saw him at, so if something happened, she would be able to go and tell the police that she saw this person walking on this road. Huh. And where was that? Where Where was the pinpoint of that? Um, it was Barfield Crescent Road where his phone was actually pinging off of. I was. On Bar- Barfield Crescent Road, I've looked at it on a map. It's a decently long road. Is there like another road, like an intersection? Uh, would you know if there's an intersection there that specifically, uh, like cross streets? You know, it's, there's like two horse stables, and I know that she, I remember it being at the second horse stable, you know, going away from our house. Mm-hmm. And there's not an intersection or anything. It's pretty much, you know, you're you're walking towards Veterans okay. Parkway at that point. Okay. And, but, um, so she thought enough to mark it on her phone, but... Did you say that this person was wearing a brown coat, wearing uh, boots, had a black backpack, um, anything like that? She actually described exactly what Devin, I last saw Devin wearing. Is that right? It was like a gray shirt and khaki pants. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, we're pretty confident that she saw Devin. Okay. Uh, all right. And you don't, you didn't know this woman before this time. She Would you say she wouldn't have been somebody who would have known that was Devin? Just because she knew him no, from I, somewhere. I've I never met her before. Um, you know, just as it started getting out on social media in our mm-hmm. community, that's when she she reported it. Okay. All right. So just to sum this all up, kind of. So we have uh, Devin, girlfriend breaks up with him. He goes to bed next morning. His bed has towels and sheets in it. He's taken off. He's walking away, seemingly. He's walking somewhere, but he doesn't take the most direct route to the point where his phone last pings. It seems that he took this very roundabout way, uh, almost doubling the distance, it seems. And once again, people get to look at the map, they'll know what I'm talking about. And um, there's this person that sees him on this road where the phone was pinging. We think the reason he took this long roundabout way is because... His father would be coming home and might see him, and if he was trying to run away or something, obviously uh, your father, you know, his father would get in the way of that. And the last ping is near this elementary school. We see him on the video there. Um, let's come back to this, as you've already mentioned. Now, it seems that he—I don't know if this is a coincidence or not. It would be up to listeners to determine. But it seems he was walking in the direction of his girlfriend's house. How far away? 
did his girlfriend live from where the last ping took place? About um, I would say probably a mile, uh, probably two miles, a little two less miles. than two miles. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now we have to remember that allegedly the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend, Nadia, was not even in town. She was in Wisconsin at this time. Yes. And you're pretty sure that Devin knew this. Yes, he actually told me the week before that she was going to be out of town. Okay. Um, I didn't know how long he just said for the week. Okay. And can you verify that? I mean, have the police looked into this? Because, you know, I, I think your average person is going to think, okay, they had this breakup. And maybe Devin thinks, you know what, I'm going to walk over to her house. And even though if he believes that she's in Wisconsin, he's going to go over to her house for some reason. Have the police gone over there and talked to the girlfriend's mother, anybody banging on her door at 6 in the morning, anything like that? Um, I know they have spoken with both of them um, on a few different occasions. Okay. Um, I mean, that's, I mean that they didn't really tell me much about what was said, um, uh-huh. but that they had spoken with them and, you know, asked them where they were, things like that. Okay. And when you found out this this pinging in, in this video, were some searches organized over in – not just around your house. You did that over in that area, miles away. Did you do any searches yes. over there? Um, yeah, we actually did um, probably three or four where we had volunteers come out. Mm-hmm. Um, the police actually – the law enforcement in our town actually went out – and did a search. Um, They used drones, and they called in a helicopter to look for him the first weekend. Um, And then they were on the ground looking, and then we conducted our own searches. Um, We had the Q organization come out twice um, and look for Devin, um, and they they used cadaver dogs to look for Devin. And um, we've also just me, just our family and friends, Without you know advertising, you know asking for help, we we search for a month straight in the woods. You know, my husband would get up in the morning and you know look all day in areas mm-hmm. like we know we you know we looked everywhere in the woods in that area. Would you say uh, I've never been there? Uh, obviously, you live there. Would you say that this is an area that would be easy to disappear in? Um. As far as in the woods or in yeah, it's a very the crowd. If if um Devin would have been continuing to walk in that direction that looked like he was walking, it seems to me once again from Google Maps that he was going into a more populated area than where you live. Um, is well, that right? Or there are woods of, there? What what do you what would you say? It would depend on where he stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, if he actually was on, if that was actually Devin on that video. Then he would got he would have went into a more populated area where mm. it, there was less places to look. Mm. Um, if that wasn't Devin and he took a different turn, I mean, there's a park there um, that's right. wooded, right? So that would be a difficult area to search. Did you look in that? Did you search that park while you were? We did. did yes. Yeah, nothing. Yes. I guess nothing. Yes. Okay. Did I should have asked you this before? Did Devin have a wallet? 
would he have had any money on him or a debit card? Did he have that at um, 16 years old? The most, the no. most, he didn't have a job or anything like that. Um, the most money that I, that he would have had at that time was about $40 that had given him a couple of days before. Okay. Okay. And people are going to look at that map, and I, I asked you this uh, the last time we talked, being that I've never been there. There is a river that runs very close to, you know, through Murfreesboro, but it's not one, it's not the Mississippi River. It's very shallow, kind of slow moving. Uh, it's not one yeah. that you would think somebody could drown in or anything like that, especially a, a teenager. I mean, I guess you can drown in any kind of water. Um, you know, there is, you know, I mean, there might, there's a potential for that. Um, mm. But what happened two weeks after that was that it actually flooded. Oh. Um, and, the, and we actually oh. searched it after it flooded because, you know, I had looked things up about that and knew that that if, you know, if somebody was in that water, that that could, you know, potentially, you know, kind of bring them out to where they were, where you could, you know, possibly be able to see them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, we had to look at that, too. Okay. And found nothing. All right. No. Now, you've brought this up already, and this is probably the, 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 the most serious part of our conversation. You mentioned that not even three hours after you noticed or that your husband noticed that uh, Devin was missing, that a gun was missing from your house. Um, can you remember, I mean, maybe at the time you started thinking, when was the last time you saw the gun? Um, you know what, that would, I never actually handled it or anything. I knew it was in there, in our closet, put up in a case. Um, so I never looked at it. Uh, my husband, you know, kept it for protection, things like that. Um, so since it was put up like that, we never, you didn't make a habit of looking at it every day. Um, mm -hmm. so we, we can assume that that's when it went missing, but we really don't know if it was, you know, missing before that. And, you know, maybe he planned something and sold it. We don't know. Right. Uh, was this a, a gun that your husband bought? Yeah, he's actually, he actually has had that gun. Um, before Devin was even born. Wow. So it was he had wow. it for a long time, yeah. Okay. What kind of gun was it? Um I don't even know. I'm sorry. I'm That's not right. I don't I don't even Okay. It was it was a that. pistol though. It wasn't like a rifle, it was a pistol, it was a handgun. No, it was a handgun, yes. I okay. do know that. Okay. And you said that would it, it was in a closet. Would this have been a closet that was in your bedroom? Yes, it was actually in my bedroom, um, close to where I sleep every night. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Devin knew where the gun was? Um, I didn't think he did, but I mean, obviously kids know, you know, know things that you don't realize they know. So, I mean, I can't think of anybody else that, you know, would have looked in our closets. And so, I mean, he had to have known it was there. Okay. Do you think it would have been possible that that night, um, let's say you go to bed, would it have been possible for him to sneak into your bedroom and get that gun out without you realizing? I think in that particular night, yes. 
because I remember being very tired. So I, I probably slept through a lot more than I normally would. Okay. But we really don't know. We we don't know what don't. Devin knew about the gun. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a gun owner. I only own one gun. I always know where it is, but I realize with kids in the house, you just don't leave guns lying around. You know, I, I don't have any kids, so I just kind of leave it sitting on the kitchen table or whatever when I'm at home in its holster. Um, but it's possible that, um, he could have taken it days before that, but it's possible. It's possible. But on the other hand, I think that you or your husband would remember if you took it and sold it or something like that. Well, you mean us taking it or selling yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is there are only so many people who could have made it disappear. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, because somebody was always in the house. So, right. I mean, it's not like we, you know, somebody came in and just took that. Right. You know, we would have noticed somebody else right. being in our house looking through things. So, okay, yeah. so we can narrow I mean, I guess what I'm saying is we can narrow it down to Devin. Uh, yes. that, that he took it, but we don't know if he took it that night. We don't know if he took it a week before that. We just don't know. No, we don't. Okay. All right. Well, that's, um, you know, that's probably the, the toughest part of this. You know, you said if you had an idea, maybe he was going to hurt himself. And if a gun is missing, your son's missing, your gun's missing, you know. I mean, it's a logical, you know, thing yeah. to think after you learn all that, that that's, you know, there's no, like, you think, what other reason is there? Right. Right. So that's going to be in the listeners' minds, but we just can't say nobody ever saw him with the gun, the gun before then. He never, Devin never talked about the gun ever, like, hey, Dad, take me out shooting, anything like that. Um, no, but my husband, um, to teach him, you know, my husband was in the military, so he, you know, taught Devin about guns and about gun safety and, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, so, I mean, he knew how, so, I mean, he did know about guns and things like that, but it was more trying to be responsible and teach him, you know, if you ever, you know, come across the gun, like, you don't do certain things and things like that. Right. Do the police have the serial number for the gun in case they come across it? We, yes, we did um, provide that um, the day Devin went missing. Okay. All right. Um, the uh, His friends and the ex-girlfriend, when she, once the ex-girlfriend came back into town, did she come over? Did she assist in any searches? What did she do with her life uh, after Devin went missing? Um, I mean, pretty much after that first weekend, Devin was missing. They stopped contacting us. Um, they never helped search for Devin. Um, nothing. I, I, it's kind of, they've kind of just, you know, stopped talking to us after that first weekend. Okay. So you're telling me that you, um, haven't spoke, for example, being that she doesn't live too far away from you, you haven't spoke to Nadia's mother since 2017, maybe April 2017. Correct. I have not talked to her since then. 
they never came out and you were doing searches. Once again, you did said you did searches over close mm-hmm. to where they lived. They never came out and helped. No. Okay. And have you ever talked to Nadia since Devin disappeared? Did she ever email you, text you anything? Man, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Anything I like that about Devin. Um, I think maybe one time mm-hmm. with over the last in summer 2018. Okay. Um, she sent a email. She sent a text of an email that was sent to her email address, and it had Devin's name on it, and asked me if I could give that to the detective. And that was really the only thing we that she sent to me. Okay. All right. Um, it's been almost two years. I know that you found out about the breakup with the girl with the girlfriend. You found out about this argument, and maybe we should talk about that for a second. Um, this guy that Devin got on the phone. If we're to believe this guy, I don't know what to make of it. You know, we're just taking one guy's. You know, his side of the story is how really, you know, how irate Devin really was and how disrespectful he was or whatever he was. We're just taking one guy's um, word for this. Uh, Where does that guy live in comparison to where Devin was going that morning? Um, I know that he lives in Murfreesboro. Um, He lives... um, Probably on our side of town, but not really that close to where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably lives about five miles away from our house. Okay. Um, using the pinging information, would Devin have come close to this, the place that no, this guy lives? No, he's actually walking away from that area. So okay. He was nowhere near it. Okay, so there's no proof that... Devin disappearing had anything to do with that. He was going the opposite direction from where this guy lived. Yeah, there's no, there's not, the only, you know, the only thing that's kind of like a question mark is having an adult number in his phone. Right. That was the only thing that kind of, you know, I questioned. Right. Right. Um, so you found out, you know, these couple of things. You got in this argument that you didn't know about. He broke up with his girlfriend. You know, you didn't know about it. But that happened right before he disappeared, so I can understand that. Um, since he went missing, is there any other things that you've discovered about your son that you didn't know? If you can say. I'm not asking you to reveal deep, you know, family secrets because every family has them. Um, yeah. Anything else that you discovered about your son that you didn't know? You know, before he went missing. Um, I'll just give you an example. Did you ever see anything that he posted somewhere about being depressed? Maybe well even before he went missing. Um, I, of course, there was something out there that I I should bring up maybe that he talked about going to live with a homeless. Can you comment on that? Um, Yeah, one of the, actually the friends that was down the street from us um, told the detective that at one time, um, Devin had told him that he wanted to live like a homeless person. Um, huh. Immediately when he told me that information, I was like, that don't even sound like Devin at all. Um, that's not sound like something that he would say. Um, they took it, you know, a little bit more seriously than I, when I initially heard it. Um, and so they kind of 
started looking at that avenue of maybe that's what what happened that he went that he was living in the homeless community or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have a missing child, you you don't really know anything. You're like, I went ahead and thought maybe that is what happened, and we started, you know, talking with you know, giving passing flyers out to the homeless and talking to them ourselves because you know we knew that they had a you know a distrust of the law enforcement and things like that and we thought maybe us going out there talking they would be more likely to give us information um but nothing came around about it with it in this area mm-hmm. and what did the police have to say about all of this i i'm going to guess murfreesboro doesn't have a lot of disappearances um, what do you think of the kind of work that they've done in since March 30th, 2017? Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie and tell you that I haven't been angry or disappointed in the process. Um, but I feel like the detective that's working Devin's case has done the best job he could with what information he has, mm-hmm. which is very little information. I mean, I can't make, we can't make something happen or, you know, you know, some kind of tip to appear out of nowhere. So I feel like he's done the best he could with what information he's had. Okay. All right. And how responsive is he when you email him or Uh, call him? Does he get back to you or when was the last, maybe this way, when was the last time you spoke to him? um, I spoke to him the end of last week. Oh, Um, that's good. You know, yeah, I mean, I still talk to him. Um, I can't even remember a time when I called him, he didn't answer the phone. Um, You know, he answers the phone when he's on vacation. He answers the phone late at night. Um, He's really, he answers it every time I call. Okay. You know, the reason I ask you the question about, you know, if you found anything out about your son that you didn't know before he went missing, because I have to tell you, with with the parents of like younger kids who have disappeared, let's say down early twenties into their teens, a story that is often told is that parents find out a lot after a disappearance. Mm-hmm. Now these now a couple examples I'm going to give you are fairly extreme, but I, I maybe the listeners know where I'm going with this, with this, but I want to make sure you understand. Like for example, covered the disappearance of a girl. Her name was Ashley Kohler. In California, and her mother didn't find out until she disappeared that she was actually a call girl, you know, and been doing that actually for a while. Never knew, you know, that Ashley, you know, just was lying, didn't tell her mother what was going on. And although the signs in retrospect were there, but just couldn't see at the time. And then afterwards is when she found that out. And then there was another case, Jesse Foster, who disappeared in Las Vegas. She had been sex trafficked. You know, she was Canadian. She got brought into the United States, and she ended up being a prostitute in Las Vegas. Had some run-ins with the law, and this was something that her mother didn't discover until after she disappeared. Now, once again, these are extreme examples compared to Devin's, mm-hmm. but it does happen. You know, you know, yeah. young people do withhold things from their parents, and parents get very yeah. upset. I, how didn't I know this? How didn't I know this? And I always tell them, well, the reason you didn't know is because they didn't want you to know. That was, yeah. you know, that's the point. Is there anything that you think you found out about Devin after he disappeared that maybe he didn't want you to know? 
that might have influenced um, this disappearance? There really isn't. Um, you know, every, I've, you know, there's nothing that I can think of that I didn't already kind of, you know, already knew about mm-hmm. Devin. The only thing that kind of stood out to me is the, you know, the argument with the adult. Yeah. It was not something that I had ne- ever seen Devin do or, but that was it. There was, I had nothing has ever come up that didn't fit into Devin's personality that people have said. Right. And we still don't I know did. what the motivation for that was. We don't yeah, know if yeah. it was some altercation at school. We don't know if it had something to well, do with sports or or what. The only thing he told me is that it wasn't really – the fight didn't start with Devin. It started with the kid down the street and his child. And then because they're friends, Devin was helping his friend. Okay. But I don't know what the fight was about. Okay. Um, I know it goes probably without saying that the last uh, almost uh, 22 months has been very difficult for you, and you know, and your family, and uh, everything else. How has this affected maybe your younger son? You know, not having an older uh, brother around. I mean, it's you know, it it affects everybody. Um, you know, he often will ask when Devin's coming home, and you know, things like that. And you know, I don't have an answer because I don't know when he's gonna, you know, when we're gonna find him. I don't know. Um, you know, in our community, it's kind of, everybody knows about Devin missing in our area. And so you have to deal with people saying, you know, he has to deal with people saying things like, um, on the bus ride home, someone, you know, kids were telling him that his brother was dead and, um, you know, so it's, it's it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, you know, and people always ask him about Levin and things like that. And so, I mean, it's incredibly hard for him. Right. And we haven't talked to, uh, too much about, you know, we talked about your husband at least a little bit. Uh, I'm sure it's, a, you know, it's affected him. It, uh, yeah, um, it, you know, hardly can put it into words. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're at kind of to the point where we just don't, know what else to do yeah. you know we, we we search every day but we're like we don't know if what we're doing is working um what else can we do you know where else can we search we go over those areas again we just that's kind of where we're at we just don't know what else to do mm-hmm. is there anywhere else once again we know that the girlfriend maybe lived maybe a mile and a half to two miles away from where his phone last pinged. Is there anywhere else that he could have been headed that morning that rings a bell over in that area? Nothing that the only other thing I can think of is he wasn't heading to her house is that there is an interstate that's close to that. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you have interstates, there's truck stops and things like that. That's the only other possibility. Um, I I've never run across anybody else that he's known that lives in that area that he was friends with or anything. So it's, those are the only two options that we've come up with that he could have been he- heading in that area. Uh, all right. Do you have a Facebook page, anything like that set up for Devin Heather? 
Um, yes, we have a um, a Facebook page called um, Bring Devin Home. Um, pretty active on it. Um, mm-hmm. We do something every day to try to find Devin. Um, you know, we. I mean, we we do something. We we never stop trying to find them. Of course. And please give out that Facebook page again. Um, it's called uh, Bring Devin Home. Bring Devin Home. Okay. And I will surely be uh, linking to it. In fact, by the time people will hear our voices, I will have linked to it so everybody will know about it. Um, any last words before we complete this interview, Heather? Um, you know, I just... I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there's so many possibilities in in Devin's case um, that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Just, you know, we miss him and we love him and that everything we do is just to try to find him and bring him home. And, you know, I just hope that people can take a moment to share his information or you know, hang up a flyer in their town or something like that. Okay. I have to tell you, and I don't mind saying this on the record, uh, I I don't know what to make uh, uh, of this gun if he took it. You know, you can look at it and automatically think, well, he maybe uh, was going to harm himself. Uh, unfortunately, that's a perfectly logical thought. But on yeah. the other hand, I can also see that if he was planning to run away, you know, he said that, you know, he told me he doesn't like school, you know, break, you know, the girlfriend breakup, that he might have thought, you know what, I'll run away, I'll have the gun for protection, and I'll go somewhere else. That's a perfectly logical thought, too. It is, absolutely. You know, so, and being that he hasn't been found in 22 months, and it's a fairly, you know, it's not like he walked off into some, you know, forest. You know, where there's nothing but trees and hills and valleys where he could disappear anywhere. He's in a, uh, you know, a town, a city, you know, would make it more difficult for him not to be found. You know, I have to say that I'm fairly hopeful that he's still out there and uh, just living on his own. And maybe he was serious about living with the homeless. I mean, that's not something I would ever have thought of doing. But some people do. You know, some kids, they run off and they live in communes and travel the United States. That happens. It's done. Yeah. I so, mean, it's hard to understand even for me, but, you know, you read stories and you're like, people do, you know, just walk away from their lives. They do. And, you know, and live with, you know, move around and live with different people and it happens. Yeah. Um, not something I still understand, but it does happen. It does. Okay. Well, until you get all the answers, Heather, I know myself, I'm going to be for you here for you. Uh, my listeners are going to be here for you. The program's going to be here for you. I want to assure you of that. And I well, appreciate, I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I thank you for being on this episode of Unfound. Well, thank you. I appreciate you for covering Devin's story. It means a lot. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Heather Bond, mother of Devin Bond. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. As most of you know, I don't have any children, so I'm not the best person to ask about what is going on in a teenager's head. I can guess, but that's about it. I've never had to try to reason with them, discipline them, understand them. The only experience I have is what I remember about being one 30 years ago, 
but I don't think that's very helpful, at least not in this case. Having said that, this case would be easier to analyze if Nadia had been at home when Devin disappeared. We could then envision a scenario where Devin decides he's going to win his girl back, so he takes off in the middle of the night, only to lose courage as he gets closer to her home. Then depression takes over him, not just from the breakup, but his own cowardice, and he runs away, or worse. Once again, easy to envision. But, by all accounts, Nadia wasn't home. And Devin knew that. So was he going to camp out near her house till she came home the next day? Is it just a coincidence that he was headed in the direction of her house? We don't know. And the gun? It's worrisome. Of course, the Bond family is worried about it. I'm worried about it. And I'm sure all of you are worried about it. We know it's not the most positive sign. Although, as was stated, there is no proof he took it. What sticks out to me, though, is the cell phone pings and when the cell phone was shut off. Virtually every person who owns a cell phone these days knows they can be tracked. So why did Devin leave his cell phone on if he wanted to disappear? Even more so, why did he leave it on for a certain amount of time, then turn it off? I've considered the idea that he was using the cell phone as a flashlight. Hey, I've done it myself. Then he shut it off once he got under the streetlights near the school. But he could have put it on airplane mode and turned off the GPS for the walk, thus cutting off all ways of tracking, and still used the phone to light his way. Or even easier, he could have taken a flashlight and turned his phone off altogether. Yet the phone was connected to a tower for the entire time. So although he might have used his phone as a flashlight, it's certainly plausible. I think there is more to this than what it seems. So, I'll leave you with this. Devin, in leaving his house, used some misdirection, turning on the backyard light for 15 minutes for seemingly no reason. He used towels and sheets to make it look like he was still under the covers. Definitely some misdirection. Then, literally, he used misdirection by walking way out of his way to get to the point where the phone was shut off during his walk in the dark. Are we sure he didn't leave his phone on on purpose? to misdirect anyone who would look for him. With that, I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound. <laughs>